Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and as you know, I am a feminist. I'm also a huge fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, and anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day, I'm going to share one of my favorite deep cuts with you, so let's take a look at today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365. On this day in 1993, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was sworn in as U.S. Supreme Court Justice. Until her death in 2020, Justice Ginsburg was an influential crusader for gender equality in the highest court of American law. She overcame significant adversity in her life to leave a legacy so powerful that she developed a fan base of supporters online who called her the Notorious RBG, after Biggie Smalls' nickname, Notorious B.I.G. It says a lot when people treat a lawyer like a beloved musician. Ruth Bader was born in Brooklyn to Jewish immigrant parents in 1933, and from a young age, her parents instilled the idea in her that just because she was a woman didn't mean that she didn't deserve a top-notch education. Ruth's mother excelled in school, but she was forced to drop out at 15, while her brother went to college instead, because women were expected to happily relegate themselves to housework, and housework alone. Ruth got a scholarship to the prestigious Cornell University, which now boasts famous alumni like writer Toni Morrison, Bill Nye the Science Guy, actress Jane Lynch, and according to the fictional universe of The Office, Andy Bernard. As a middle-class daughter of immigrants, this was a big deal, but instead, her victorious transition into this new phase of her life was filled with grief. Her mother died of cancer just one day before her high school graduation. Nevertheless, she persisted. She thrived at Cornell, and fun fact, she even studied with the famous novelist Vladimir Nabokov, author of Lolita. And at school was also where Ruth met her life partner, Marty Ginsburg. He was the first boy I ever knew who cared that I had a brain, she remembered decades later. But just because Marty treated her as an equal didn't mean that everyone else did. When she worked for the Social Security Administration after college, she got demoted after she was pregnant. Still, she and her husband ended up attending Harvard Law School together. Ginsburg was one of just nine women in a class of 550 law students, and on top of her rigorous studies, she was caring for her infant child. Matters only got worse when Marty fell ill with cancer. She attended the classes he missed and took notes for him so that he could graduate on time, and I can't imagine the stress of being in law school, taking care of a child, or supporting a partner through a serious illness. But she did all three of these things at the same time. Yet still, she and the other women of Harvard Law were once invited to the dean's house, where he asked them, why are you at Harvard Law School taking the place of a man? Gross. She later transferred to Columbia and graduated first in her class, but when she got a teaching job at Rutgers University, she was told that she would be paid less than her male colleagues, since they knew her husband had a well-paying job. To this day, this mindset impacts the wage gap between men and women. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, for every dollar a white man makes, a white woman makes 79 cents. For Black, Hispanic, and Indigenous people, it's even less. Before President Bill Clinton appointed her to the Supreme Court, Ginsburg had a long-standing commitment in her law career to gender equality. 
She co-founded the Women's Rights Project at the American Civil Liberties Union, or the ACLU, and she argued six gender discrimination cases before the Supreme Court. She won all but one. And when she became one of the justices on the Supreme Court in 1993, her values did not waver. She argued for gender equality even when she received criticism for taking on male clients so often. But feminism means equality for everyone. In one case, when a man's wife died, he became responsible for childcare, but he wasn't eligible for government support. Since the law only protected women whose husbands had died, but not men whose wives had died. Either way, that family deserves support. Still, like most historical figures that we look up to, Justice Ginsburg's record is far from pristine by contemporary progressive standards. She felt iffy about the 1973 case Roe v. Wade, which now defends the right to abortion without excessive government interference. She said that the president was going too far, too fast. On one hand, we need to remember that this is someone who was born in the 1930s, but at the same time, it is kind of a disappointing piece of knowledge for someone we hail as a feminist icon. She has gone on record many times in support of pregnant persons' rights to choose, but the law makes it more complicated than that. When does that right expire? In what cases is the choice of abortion available, and how accessible is the procedure? Still, Justice Ginsburg's work towards gender equality cannot be understated, even if, like all political figures, she wasn't perfect. Let's leave this on a more fun note. In 2018, the justice appeared on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. The comedian asked her the question that we've all been waiting for a famous lawyer to weigh in on. Is a hot dog a sandwich? She said that according to Colbert's definition. Yes, indeed, a hot dog is a sandwich. Now let's talk about music. Today in 2008, Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl hit number one in 20 different countries, including the UK. The song is irresistibly catchy, but it divided audiences, and not in the way that you might think. Sure, it was 2008, but the discourse around the song wasn't merely, is it okay for a girl to write about kissing girls? A Guardian headline from back then read, chart-topping lesbian love song divides gay community. While some people felt like it was a sign of progress, that a song with strong queer themes could top the charts, others felt that it was a non-nuanced fetishization of queer experiences. Just a year earlier, she released the song You're So Gay off of an EP of the same name, which hit number one on the Billboard dance charts. On the chorus, she sang, You're so gay and you don't even like boys, over and over and over again. It felt like she was capitalizing on the 2008-era taboo of talking about queerness, yet doing so in a reductive, irresponsible way. Even if we look back on I Kissed a Girl as a bop, it's not without problematic lyrics either. She calls the girls she's kissing, quote, an experimental game, and says that kissing other girls is, quote, not what good girls do, not how they should behave. What kind of message did that send to young queer girls hearing the song on the radio? Not a great one, if you ask me. And now for today's final segment, I'll be looking into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on an August 10th in my life. So August 10th, 2019, I went to Outside Lands. It was my very first festival that I've ever gone to. And now at the point of, um, I think this it's the episode being released, I'm recording it before I play Lollapalooza, but I, I oh my God, I'm going to play Lollapalooza. It's crazy. And I'm even playing Outside Lands later this year. So um, yeah, I went to Outside Lands in 2019. It was my very first time going to a festival. It was really nice to be able to go to one that was in my own hometown, like 
San Francisco Bay Area is one of my favorite places on earth and being able to watch a festival happen in essentially like, you know, my backyard, not literally, but it's close by, was really fun. And I got to see Casey Musgraves. I saw um, Cupcake, which was really interesting. And I had a great time, ate a lot of good food, drank a lot of boba, listened to a lot of music, and I'm excited to go back. Thanks for coming back in time with me and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Come back tomorrow for more stories from the past. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365 with MXM Tune.